Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. I really want to talk about what to do when you've done so much work in dating and relationships and you're really starting to call in fantastic partners, people that would absolutely be a good match for you, but you're not allowing yourself to enjoy them. This episode is not going to be about childhood wounding or why toxic patterns arise. It's not about the why you sabotage, but how to stop. A lot of my clients spend a lot of time with me learning to love themselves, like truly, madly, deeply love themselves. They find themselves not settling. They find themselves really being like super good at boundaries. But all of this then becomes for naught if they don't let themselves keep the love that they're calling in. This episode is about what now? So after Aurora wakes up, if you will, because I personally would much rather be known for what I did when I was awake than what I did when I was asleep. We focus too much on the healing and not what to do when being in healed relationships feels a little crunchy at the beginning. So the difficulty is in this in-between phase, and it's true for new loves as well as relationships that are simply evolving. For example, I have a client who was married to this what she called wishy-washy partner, and this was a traditional heterosexual marriage, and she was really unsatisfied, deeply unsatisfied. She felt that she like had to do everything from parenting to scheduling to intimacy. She was in charge, and she was tired. She really didn't want to be all things to anyone anymore, and like this supreme authority. And so we did a lot of work on her self-love, on her boundaries, on feeling safety in like this particular client felt unsafe unless she was controlling the people and the environment around her. So she learned to get really good at communicating. She initiated a lot of really hard conversations that were so, so good for her and her husband. But honestly, the first time that he expressed this confident assertion, she didn't like it. She had talked about for months this deep desire for him to take the lead. She was asking him to, as we say in the coaching world, step into his power. And when she, when he did it, she was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, hell no. Did she make a mistake in her desire for having an equal partner? No. She simply did not yet have the skills to get through this crunchy part This part felt so uncomfortable for her that she didn't know what to do. She didn't know what to do with it. 
an important component in feeling ease with any up level, but especially relationship expansion, is to notice when you're reacting to the past and when you are registering in the moment. This usually takes some knowing of yourself, so you'll have to practice tuning into your own guidance system, your triggers. These are usually all found in tuning into your body and the wisdom there. Those are all things that I teach in my program, but once through this discovery, you'll need to recognize what you're doing, and from there you can decide, are you ready to stop doing it? I think people miss this step. I say this because sometimes we need a period of being okay with where we are before we're able to make any changes. It's just like when you're eating crap food, but you need to indulge in it, in this sort of unhealthy eating and embrace it fully before you stop. But when you are ready, the first step is to see that you're not following your wisdom, but you're following an unhealed part of yourself. And this can be really sneaky. So our brain knows how smart it is. So the voice sometimes comes in this form of a less obvious sabotage than simply picking fights with lovers. Like that's kind of easy to spot, right? Like, oh, I see last night I picked a fight with my lover. But if you've met someone amazing, someone who at last meets your needs to talk, to touch, to commit and play, and then you suddenly take on a lot more responsibility at work so you have less time for a relationship, or you get sick, or you start to tell yourself that your kids need you more. You start to tell yourself that this human who is open-hearted and in touch with their feelings is too much drama for you. These are all sneaky ways that are not allowing ourselves to have what we want. So recognize that you're feeling like this is too much for me, but you don't have to back down. You get to decide the pace of relationship and your boundaries. Sabotaging feels different. Sabotaging is quick and without pause and usually without thought. You will almost always like cling to your reason why this is not going to work like a child who is clinging to an irrational argument because they're tired or hungry. You're uncomfortable. Sometimes it's with thought, but those thoughts are not in the present. They're not really forward thinking. They are the thoughts that are fears coming up. Just like Mary Oliver says in her poem, The Journey, though the voices around you keep shouting their bad advice. I wonder if she meant that these voices are our own voices, like old stories, old narrators, insecure voices, and they're shouting their bad advice to not move forward. But if you've met someone who you know is going to be a good match, you're all in, they're all in, see what happens if you don't turn back. Every time you're telling yourself, like really throwing up your arms in the air in this little bit of a tantrum, this won't work, and there's no other reason than it's too good to be true or like a nitpicky reason, try some of these practices to make it through the adjustment period between wanting a loving relationship and keeping one. When you're single for a long time, you may need to actively set yourself free from that single identity. Long time single can sound like, I don't need a relationship, I'm powerful independent person. These feelings are really good and so, so intoxicating when they're new to you, especially if self-love and empowerment felt elusive to you when you were in relationships and stronger when you're single. It can be really easy to tie that feeling of self-love and empowerment 
with being single. So tying it to being single. But newsflash, you can feel empowered and full of self-love and also be in a committed relationship. Take those feelings with you into your best relationship. You may be outright extracting yourself from the very love you wanted or you might be allowing this sneaky mind to find fault lines in the relationship. It makes sense either way, especially if you're now attracting healthy partners. It's going to feel new and new is bad in the survival part of the brain. But survival brain is not relationship success brain. You will need to hear survival brain out, accept those survival brain fears, and then move forward from a mature, evolved self. So a few simple practices to keeping love in your life is to start with just simply grieving your old identity. Whether this identity is being single, of being a controlling person, of being a silent person, passive aggressive, deceptive, or hiding, those are the same thing, but grieve that old identity. Have maybe a little funeral for that identity. Say goodbye to it, absorb it, like like thank it for its role in protecting you and and assure it we're going to move into this next phase. We're ready for this next phase. It helps to know why you sabotage, but in my experience, two big things try to trick us into ditching on love when it is actually a really great match. One is worthiness and one is safety. There are many others or subcategories of these. Deep down under, sabotage can often be traced to one of those two. So a super simple practice is to wake up every day and let your feet hit the ground at the same time you say out loud, love works out for me. Or I get to have my career and my romance. Or I'm really good at loving partnership. Do it in the morning especially because when you sleep, a lot of resistance gets eased. The portal is open, if you will. So feet hit the floor. You feel ready for love in this day. And this will set the intention. This is going to seem ridiculously simple. On day one, you will be rolling your eyes at me until day 13 and you'll start to really feel yummy in this intention. On day 30, you're going to notice that you're not picking fights. You're not making any kind of bump mean doom in your match. The second simple but effective practice that I would recommend is to journal about a point in the future with your new partner. So for example, if you know you have a pattern of breaking up before the holidays, your future journal entry will sound something like, I woke up this morning and the bed was empty next to me. I went into the kitchen to find my lover making a mocha with a candy cane. They shooed me back to bed and I laughed and went. It was so nice to have these moments together, warm and cozy, the chocolate taste in our mouth, the gesture made me smile, and especially as I'd kind of ruined it by coming into the kitchen before it was ready, but I realized that nothing gets ruined with us. We've had so many difficult conversations and we're closer than ever. The deeper we go, the sillier we seem to be together. I can't wait for New Year's Eve. I have a dynamite new outfit and I feel so grateful for the kiss that we're going to share. Something like that. So use smell, sounds, the feel of it. Make the dream come true by making it feel so real in this future journaling that it's safe for your brain when it really happens. Writing is quite good for calming your nervous system and use words that evoke feeling. A third practice is meditating. Doing a heart-opening meditation with your intention for a committed partnership together. I will add one in the show notes and you can also DM me on Instagram to get a copy. But with this heart-opening meditation, what it does is 
take what you want, which is to stay in love, to keep your heart open in partnership. And then the meditation will set that in your cells. It doesn't even matter why you've not been successful in the past. It only matters that you feel safe and worthy now in this relationship. Meditation is an exercise in compassion. Compassion is one of the main pillars in beautiful partnership. We can only offer compassion to the degree that we offer it to ourselves. If you're not giving yourself loving compassion, your intention to extend compassion to others will fall flat. Sometimes the reason we don't get what we want is because we don't really want it. Consider if that's true for you. Other times we don't get what we want because we don't feel worthy and still other times because it doesn't really feel safe. And by safe here, I mean that there's an absence of threat. So threat of rejection, threat of abandonment, judgment. It takes some inquiry to know why you might be sabotaging perfectly amazing relationships, but it only takes practice while in a state of awareness to keep relationships. So ask yourself, what do I need to know is true that I can keep this amazing partnership? Start with today and then tomorrow. See what happens when you don't quit. Practice offering yourself whatever that need is. If you're at a loss to what sort of practices could help, if you need more than what I offered in this podcast, send me a message or book a free call with me. It's really a free entire session. And there are so many practices. I use a lot of them that are rooted in mindfulness. All of my programs are full of inquiry and play and practices that really make these topics feel real and not like some great idea you heard on a podcast. They work and they're here for you when you're ready. New love is really intoxicating, but lasting love that you don't give up on, that you can pour into while feeling passionate and playful is like this magic elixir that brings together two hearts, two bodies, two minds, two souls, and I wish it for you. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.